am now communing with the Dark Lord. You are listening to Fake Ritual Podcast with your host, Lucas Sloppy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fake Ritual, the podcast, your guide to pop culture and the occult, examining the mysteries of reality through fiction and art, so you don't have to. My guest today is an artist, an organizer, and a communist here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm talking Mr. Brian Ganella. What's up? How's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all doing all right, all things considered. That's my favorite caveat to throw onto that is all things considered. All things considered. Was that a shout out yeah. for the NPR program? I don't know. Oh, hell no. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> just a little philosophical acknowledgement that there's a whole bunch of bad shit going in the world. But in terms of my own personal existence, definitely I'm fine for the yeah. moment. So we're in our considered. we're in our little rooms pretending to have a calm cool conversation <laughs> yeah as far as i'm concerned nothing exists beyond this beautiful face that i'm looking at yes, through oh, a screen <laughs> well thank you i appreciate that that will get you good promotion points like i have promotion points so uh what's up what have you been up to I haven't seen you uh, in you forever know, it's been a while well uh, not counting know, the two but, times yeah. i saw you in the past week walking dogs in my neighborhood uh-huh. yeah so prior to those two random run-ins after we planned this little episode i think it's been a couple years things are all right you know been traveling around uh living life doing art back when things were relatively normal pandemic sort of changed that made me a little bit more stationary and uh kind of like reacted to that and then the, the general crisis like ongoing against like uh, police brutality and all that kind of stuff totally pushed me more in the organizing direction so uh signed up for the local communist party joined up and then just started getting to work in that kind of angle as well so those are my two big directions these days art and organizing yeah what was uh like had you ever been in an organization prior to this uh no i feel like i've always kind of like heeded the call whenever like um some sort of like big like social movement occurs in the united states like i was like anti-war movement in high school okay uh occupy, occupy movement in like mm-hmm. 2010 2011 but i was like a non-affiliated like anarchist kind of guy then you know uh i've heard of those is, yeah yeah you know they exist they're out there uh it's very appealing when you're young mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> it's I easy you, it's like i don't know chaos it's super entry level. It's just like whatever I want to do is like a basic understanding of it. It's <laughs> kind of what people like rock with. So I, firsthand, seeing the firsthand failures of that during Occupy, like the, of horizontal organization, like, mm. I was just like, all right, I don't think this works. Uh, and then just went back to like some, you know, theory from the left that wasn't anarchy and then kind of settled on uh, Marxist Leninism as like maybe the best possible option for right now. So that's what I'm kind of going with. Yeah, uh, do you think, were you kind of, were there seeds of that planted, even when you were like... Yeah, I've been like generally familiar uh, with like the history of like uh, 20th century socialism with all like the successful ones that existed for like a, a period of time and still exist today, usually with Marxist-Leninist organizations. So like Lenin being like, his, his key contribution to the theory was that just that the state, like you can't just like smash the state like immediately mm, okay. uh, and, ex- and expect to resist like the capitalist class reaction to it. 
it. Totally. Like, they're gonna put. They're gonna push back. So you gotta like use the state as this sort of like transitional body, right? To yeah. get towards like a non-hierarchical like communist utopia. Um, and the criticisms for that are kind of valid. Like a lot of people say it ends up being like you know a state capitalist enterprise, like they say about China, mm-hmm. or like you know authoritarian bureaucracies, uh, like they said about the USSR and like Cuba. A lot of that stuff is based off like you know misinformation and like accidentally like regurgitating a lot of state propaganda. Yeah, I wonder that sometimes. Implicit. Yeah, it's it's really curious. Like, I mean, there's legit criticisms for mm-hmm. all of these countries. I don't want I don't want to like overstate that at all. But I do find it weird, especially coming with people coming from the left, right, who have like really strong opinions against these like states and these, yeah. these countries. Uh, they know, like, they believe, you know, that the United States lies. Like, if you sell, you have asked mm-hmm. them about the Iraq War, they'll be like, "Yeah, no weapons of mass destruction. It was total bullshit. They made it all up." So we go in there. If you know anything about Vietnam, like, you'll know the Gulf of Tonkin, like, resolution that little incident there was also a false flag sort of thing mm-hmm. that they made up as an excuse to get in there. So, like, we understand that the government, you know, lies to us, especially in the in, in when it comes to its foreign policy interests. But for some reason, we believe every single thing they say about, yeah, like, about China. China, the USSR, mm-hmm. Cuba, everything, like literally everything. And it's just it's really weird. It's a really kind of weird cognitive dissonance that uh, part of the struggle is like figuring out how to unpack that and unlearn that. But totally it's I mean, that even plays into like, you know, this being sort of an occult podcast and mm-hmm. like magical thinking, which. Uh, yeah. For me, is a lot about like deconditioning and realizing that like your personality isn't like a fixed thing, and that you kind of have to constantly be like checking yourself, checking where you get your information, and sort of like always re readjusting in a yeah. way. And what you were saying yeah. earlier uh, really brought to mind something I had heard someone say, or maybe it just goes around the idea that they want their enemies should be our enemies is kind of like the uh the enemy of my enemy is my friend or just how the you know the powers that be the state want us to they have enemies and then they tell us those yes. enemies are our enemies and then we're yes. like yeah they are but it's like are they <laughs> like yeah yeah that, i mean that's a great point like uh what do we really have like me and you as average americans mm-hmm. like what do we really have against iran you know, like, or, uh, you know, not even, we don't even have to go with a communist country, but, like, what do we really have against, uh, like, you know, uh, like, Venezuela, which is, like, a, a whole different mm-hmm. brand of, like, 21st century socialism, and it's, like, not the same kind of structure as the USSR, but we hit them with the exact same, like, propaganda, like, talking yeah. points, you know? Uh, and it's, like, there's no room for nuance in, like, the evaluation of all these countries. They're all sort of, like, represented monolithically. Same with, like, terrorists, right? Yeah, like, totally. There's That's a just... whole bunch of different organizations that prescribe to, like, radical Islam in one way or another. And they all have very different agendas, but we all paint them in the same broad strokes. Not to mention everything they tell us to dislike these groups for, our government does all the yeah. same. Whether it's, like you know, terroristic acts, you know, like causing fear in order to gain political, you know, uh, currency or, yep. uh, you know, how many dictators do we like sidle up to or put into place oh. just because they, you know, like uh, giving us, you know, getting us oil or other resources. And yeah, like as long as they're going to like uh, stop the peasants from like, you know, 
uh, participating in like land reform or redistribution or anything like yeah. that. It doesn't matter how brutal they are, we'll cozy up to them. Now, do you think it's like a? Uh, do you think they have their own cognitive dissonance, like people in power, namely in America? Like, I sometimes go back and forth between: Are they? Is there this sort of like? Oh, they're all sitting in a room and talking candidly about like oppressing, you know, like the working mm. class, or is it like something? Once you gain, I. I usually side more towards once you gain so much power, you lose the ability to really like empathize with anyone that maybe you used to be able to. And yeah, I mean, I certain I certainly think that's true, uh, and I think that like that expresses itself in different ways. So like, it, I found it personally useful to sort of like interpret like the last 80, 70 years of American history as the story of like infighting between various mm. factions of spies true. in the okay. like intelligence community. So of those groups there are certainly like neocons for example, true believers. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. communism is the greatest evil in the world. Uh, and America has this like unique position as like the the city on a hill, yeah, like, this, you know, like, like priest the, the king bullshit. Right. And like they 100% believe that. Some of them maybe like adhere to that um that idea about like the noble lie like you have to tell these like stories uh, yeah. to the general populace like in the go along with thing which goes back to like magic thinking yeah uh, totally and then there's other people who are more in the like um like the henry kissinger kind of like school of thought where they view everything as like a closed system that needs to be like kept in balance so like kissinger was like he was more willing to let the soviet union like exist as long as like their reach didn't outweigh the United States and like okay. vice versa. Like, he, you know, he felt like everything had to stay within a contained circle. Uh, so like there's definitely disciples of his school of thought in there. And then, the, you know, neocons are another faction. And then there's like splinter groups from both like neocons probably broke up where there's like legitimately like true believers uh, who ride with like the Trump stuff and are like mm-hmm. totally okay with that direction that it's going and like see this as like, um, their meal ticket, right, to push a lot of these like really like hawkish and aggressive like foreign policy sort of things. Totally. So, yeah, I mean it's it's confusing, and I think because all these people have backgrounds in the intelligence community, and like they're all former spies. Like a lot of people don't remember, like don't know this or even don't remember this, but uh, George H. W. Bush, W. Bush's dad, one of his first jobs before he became president was he was the head of the fucking CIA. Yeah. He was the he, yeah. he was like the top spy in the world. That's I mean, what we I should feel- never forget. <laughs> yeah like i feel like that should be illegal <laughs> like yeah, if you're the yeah. head of the cia you should yeah. not be able to be president but we went with it and i think that's one of the reasons why uh like these days like these times that we're in like feel so fucking confusing yeah and, like, disorienting constantly because it's all spy games right? yeah it's psyops intelligence and, and psyops yeah. and shit like that yeah and like it's embedded into the fabric well totally well uh this is actually a great segue to what we're going to be talking about and to a little break we're going to take but uh stay with us as i talk to brian ganella about american propaganda and fun movies for nearly three thousand years man has searched for the lost ark of the covenant the Bible speaks of the ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows our secrets. Jones, do you realize what the ark is? 
It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. The army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark. It is there, Atanis. And it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on Earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Let her go. If you still want the Ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Raiders of the Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. We are back talking with Brian Ganella about about a lot of things, uh, but we're gonna narrow in here. And I do have a question for you: Are you? We talked about this a little bit, but are you familiar with chaos magic? No. The idea of chaos magic. Okay, this is this is like a postmodern sort of magic that came around in the 1970s. Coincidentally, okay, is this is this like uh, Alan Moore? This is this Alan okay, Moore, cool. Grant Morrison. Yeah, uh, your Genesis Peoridge, your William S. Burroughs. I'd even throw right, David so Bowie in there. I got a, I got a vague sense, but okay, go ahead, speak, speak yeah. on it. Uh, it's yeah, it came around in the 1970s, mostly based on the uh, ideas of an English artist and occultist who was around in like the early 20th century named Austin Ospin Spare, and he came up with this idea of sigil magic. Which is basically, again, it's postmodern. It was getting rid of all these ideas of like secret societies and all this bullshit of like being initiated or whatever and figuring out a way to just have practical, you know, ritual practices on a personal level. And uh, sigils being just kind of taking a statement of intent and then forming a magical, you know, symbol out of it. And then you meditate on that and you like draw it on a piece of paper and jerk off onto it and bleed onto it. And just kind of like, it's basically in my, how I view it is like a brain hack. You know, you're kind of just like subliminal, you know, you're hypnotizing yourself yeah, in a sense. But what it really boils down to is belief being a tool. That's usually what you'll hear is kind of just oh, yeah. these chaos magicians will just use different symbol sets, different, you know, whether they're, they have historical basis or based in pop culture just to kind of like get themselves in a state of minds uh to get results chaos magic is often called results-based magic as well as experimental so it's really just like try this did it work no you know try something different so it really is kind of like the punk of magic it's just saying like fuck all that secret society shit uh but that idea of belief as a tool uh, always rings with me and really speaks to what we're talking about here because much like a tool, it can be used to create and to destroy. So like think a hammer, you know, you can build a house or you can bash someone's head in. You know, even a gun could be used to protect you or to hurt someone. Uh, Religion, 
falls into that category. Even conspiracy now, which nowadays is kind oh, yeah. of in line with religion. It can serve good Shout or bad. QAnon. Yeah, totally. Yeah. NPR right. was covering QAnon today and I was like, whoa, it, it's I guess, cult, <laughs> like it, it's that loud enough. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. But this really is, uh, you know, it kind of comes down to belief is largely reflective of those who wield it. Mm. And this is where uh, we are going to enter Adolf Hitler and oh, the Nazis. That old fucking bastard. And yeah, that <laughs> the little fucking annoying ass, yes. like severe. Uh, uh, but so, yeah, so to speak, I, one little yeah. interesting th- thing about Hitler, to speak immediately to like what you were saying about like magic and the power yeah. of belief. Uh, are you are you familiar with uh, Carl Jung? Yes. Psycho yes. analysis guy. He's definitely he, got some know, influence in there. He, yeah, he definitely does, and he was also uh, kind of uh, favorable to the Nazis in his day. Oh, and he damn. he wrote extensively about Adolf Hitler and said that Hitler, the the means that he controlled like mm-hmm. the masses of Germany and like built the Volk up, uh, he could describe him as a medicine man, like a shaman essentially. Huh, yeah, not not the traditional strong man like who, the examples he used was like Mussolini and Stalin like, totally. at the time who like ruled through brute force and like took what they wanted and all that kind of shit. Uh, he was like, you know, when you look at Hitler, he's like very frail in the body, but he's got like this like, you know, fire behind his eyes. It's like complimentary language, but essentially said that like this dude's like charisma is functioning in the mm-hmm. same ways that like shamans and like medicine men's back in like the ancient like village days of like pre Roman Germania. Totally. You know? Even to the extent where like he identified him as like a possible like incarnation of Odin. Um, okay. Yeah. Like, he would have loved last, to fucking like, hear that. Coming of that. Yeah. Like yeah. it was like nuts. So like that was, that's definitely something I think that the Nazis even sort of like to an extent embraced and yeah. like wrapped up in selling their own ideology. Like, yeah. The way I see it is kind of like they, they were able to take, and this happens with so many things, but you know, the Nazis being obviously like a very terrible, like awful extreme of it, but kind of blending belief and identity, you know, and once those are linked to separate them is like nearly impossible. They form sort of like a, a logic loop. I mean, it happens with religion on a small scale, which, you know, has its definitely has had its downfalls throughout history. Uh, but it's also worth pointing out that, you know, this is a pop culture podcast as well as a, a cult podcast and pop culture is a tool into what pop we're culture, talking about. Yeah. Pop culture is definitely a tool. And that's something that the Nazis understood mm-hmm. very well. Uh, the minister of propaganda for the Nazis, some people might know Joseph Goebbels, uh, invested a large, uh, amount of money and resources into building up the German film industry. Yeah. Underneath the Nazis. And, like, cinematography and the power of, like, of uh, the camera was, like, utilized, like... Totally. Greatly. And it was, like, from a just objective point of view, like, what was it that did Triumph of the Will? What is that? Uh, uh, Lenny Rechtenstahl. Rechtenstahl. I was going to say Ravenstahl. Yeah. That's a former Pittsburgh Penguin, yeah. I believe. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, they're, like, cinematically beautiful and, like, well-made. Yeah. You know, it's not like they were just, like fucking around like they knew that you kind of had to come correct you know you had to back that up as well uh yeah but yeah so similarly in america you know pop culture 
Is it entertainment or is it propaganda? Because, uh, you know, it can be a tool of the oppressor as much as the oppressed. Because we use pop culture too. You know, you're an artist. I'm, I'm something, I'm some kind of creative type. You know, I, I guess I'm a podcaster. I'm a talker. Yeah, you got your art forms. But still, Um, yeah, it's, you know, we on the fucking ground can use it. Yeah. But they up at the top can use it as well. Right. So there is uh, a Marxist theorist from Italy uh, by the name of Antonio Gramsci, who like specifically addressed this question with his like theory of like cultural hegemony. Okay. Um, which is basically to say that like we we live in a capitalist society, right? So there's like a class hierarchy. Um, the bourgeoisie class, the upper class, like the ruling class, uh, they own what he referred to as like the superstructure, which is basically like the institutions that sort of like guide culture and like manufacturing and academics and all okay, that kind yeah. of stuff. So like Hollywood, mass media, uh, literally like colleges and universities, like uh, businesses for advertising, like the ones that set like beauty standards, publishing rights, all that kind yep, of stuff. Yep. All of those industries are owned um, by the upper class. So they reflect the values of the upper class. And since we, as uh, what he, Gramsci called was the base, which is like the working class, we consume that culture mm. and then we internalize it. So we're internalizing the values of the upper class yes. as our own. And then we reflect that through our basic like uh, like spending and buying. Yes. And then that wealth is stolen by the upper class, which goes back into the superstructure oh, so they can keep the fucking wheel turning. This is what we were talking conspiracy earlier, and I think sometimes conspiracy, all the theorists come up with these just like very fan fiction level, like they've they themselves have watched too many movies. But to me, conspiracy yeah. is more just like a way to try to explain these forces that have taken on like yeah. a mind of their own. So conspiracy theory is more like a, it's another magical idea, but like yes. do not confuse the map for the territory. So yes. there are ways I've, by which we try to make sense of these things, but people too often glob on to them. Their identity yeah. gets wrapped up in the belief, and then next thing you know, they're certain, you know, of yes. Pizzagate or yeah. whatever the fuck. I've it heard. Is. Oh yeah, like I've heard an interesting comparison, right? So like the thing about conspiracy is it's like it comes from this sort of like acute awareness within that something about like society the place whatever that you live in is wrong yeah it's like disturbed somehow which is very and correct like, <laughs> right but because they have like kind of no theoretical understanding yeah. to like ground it in they just fire off in random directions yeah but like, some of computer. it sort of makes sense and someone said someone said it's comparable to how like primitive man would have probably explained like thunder and lightning wow. before they knew like what it was you know, so before real. they had the science to fucking like figure it out that it was like superheated electrons or whatever the fuck lightning is yeah because they uh, didn't they couldn't possibly grasp yeah, they didn't know so know. they just made up all these crazy mm. stories like it was a god in the clouds like throwing it down and like that's kind of like uh like what QAnon really sort of is is like what they're wondering like why does the United States seem to like just like stagnate for these last like couple decades and mm-hmm. the same people keep shifting in and out of seats of power and nothing really changes? Uh, so, you know, it becomes this like weird story about a cabal of elites that engage in like, you know, ritualistic yeah. sacrifice of children in the basement of a pizza parlor, which like I don't think it's true. Like elements of it, like snippets exactly. of it get in there and like mixed in. That's how it is. It also has a lot in common with like cults and the way that yes. cults like uh, 
they use grains of truth. Usually cults will use like longstanding religions as a jumping off point or like, you know, different genres or whatever, you know, Scientology using sort of even like these sort of pseudoscience, hypnotism and stuff. Uh, yeah, Scientology was like a weird, like cultish amalgamation of like psychoanalysis and then like sci-fi tropes. So yeah, so it like, th- like I'm sure getting your e meter read or whatever, or these yeah. like hypnotic that that like people aren't wrong when they're like, no, it did make it did work, it did help. Like that's yeah. how they get you. Yeah. You know, it's the someone's, same. Someone's listening to you and like you know hearing your problems. totally. So but same with the conspiracies. It's like yeah. they. They're half right, you know, these, yeah. but it's the fact, QAnon, it's like, so it's only Democrats? That's where I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, why I would it know. be on partisan lines? Like, that's the con- that's the construct that you're like, no, that's that's real. That delineation is uh, yeah. is true strange, and hard. <laughs> the fact that they think, like, like, Donald Trump is, like, some <laughs> undercover super sleuth <laughs> who's about to, like, bust it all wide open. We're about the, to talk some movies, the, and that's a fucking movie that... If for real, it's that's gonna like a get Coen me. Brothers movie. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. like that. That's like there's so much shit from the Trump era that like Ugh. I hope the Coen Brothers like eventually make movies out of if we ever have movies again. But, I like, know, and we'll be just nudging our you know our grand kid robots, right? Uh, just yeah. saying like yeah, I a was... pop culture pop culture podcast might struggle in a couple of years. <laughs> like back uh, to <laughs> I looked at a picture. I saw <laughs> what do they call those back in the day when people would just like. <laughs> look at pictures in like the oh like a know, pictograph yeah like pictograph the, the little, i saw a pictograph like, the yeah. other day it was pretty cool we'll have to like make them ourselves yeah, it was <laughs> a dancing like, skeleton it was pretty <laughs> pretty occulty just be sharing the same memes over and over again <laughs> yeah totally Infinite loop yeah uh well yeah so this is actually a great segue to uh well we're gonna take a break but when we come back we're gonna delve further into some american standards and see how they stack up to the entertainment versus propaganda test that we will apply i guess because well brian's an authority i don't know if i'm an authority someone's (laughs) not not an authority i'm an armchair historian (laughs) i guess all (laughs) yeah all right folks uh talk to you in a bit Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come. The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. It's a big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart, R2-D2. Hello. It's an epic of heroes. Good luck. And villains. And aliens from a thousand worlds.
billion years in the making, and it's coming to your galaxy this summer. Sitting here with Brian Ganella, and uh, we're gonna do a little uh, death match here. Uh, entertainment versus propaganda. Indiana Jones versus Star Wars. So let's start with Indiana Jones. Uh, I guess I'll just give my take real quick, and then we can delve yeah. into it. I kind of uh, I watched this video on YouTube. It was by uh, this user Eyebrow Cinema. And he, uh, the video is called The Face of Jewish Vengeance. And he was kind yeah. of talking about the film, you know, being made by Steven Spielberg, a Jewish man, kind of speaking to, uh, it was kind of like a revenge movie almost in that like the Ark of the Covenant, which the Germans and the Nazis were trying to like co-opt, corrupt, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of, you know, could read as like destroy, actually kind of got revenge on the Nazis by, like, overpowering them, uh, which kind of got me thinking more of, like, just kind of a cult. Uh, you know, I'm not Jewish, so I don't really have the authority to speak on that, but I definitely see it as sort of a uh, symbolic of the Nazi fascination with, but the ultimate yeah. ineffective application of occult thinking and magical ideas. Uh, yeah, so I think we always, you know, we had talked a little while ago about kind of how, you know, things like the History Channel have sort of made the Nazis out to be these evil geniuses and even sometimes made yeah. them out to be like occult masters. But I think yeah. Indiana Jones actually shows them to be like dealing with something that they don't know shit about. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate like uh sort of moral of the story by the end of it right is you know indiana jones is he's he knows enough to tell marianne to close her eyes and look yes. away and like not is- stare into the light and the nazis have this like you know blind ambition for power that leads to their demise um but yes it's so like i think you're right about that but one, one thing that i always find like pretty interesting about how nazis are represented in like U.S. media, yes. like both fiction and nonfiction, right? Is like you say in the History Channel, like how many like deep dive, like nuanced takes, like special programming? Do you remember like from like the <laughs> early two thousands about the Nazis and like every little thing they did, like secret death weapons of the Nazis, like you know, like oh, underground yeah. bunkers of Hitler, like how close were the Nazis to actually winning the war? Uh, and like the the, it's kind of like a a revision of history, like as it's happening because the nazis like the nazis were not like geniuses like they were not at a point where they were about to like literally find the ark of the covenant open yeah it up yeah and, like, conquer the world you know uh, let, like um you know without notwithstanding the intervention of some crafty american archaeologist like, totally Harrison Ford, yeah right? like that's always how they're represented right as like they were this like evil power that was like seriously like this close yeah. to fucking like conquering the entire totally. world yeah yeah and like i think and then that is also like 
conflated with this like mystery notion that it was like the americans who like really kicked the shit out of the Nazis <laughs> and, like, yeah, won yeah. that war yeah which is like a big fucking like revision of history as well because yeah, like most of the late. nazis died on the eastern front yeah the, the ussr were the ones who liberated yeah. berlin like they did the heavy lifting in that war like totally. the americans came in late and just like stole all the glory and then nuked japan for some fucking reason yeah you know? <laughs> like whatever well, this right? is- like that, that's a whole other conversation but anyway so so like back to what we were saying earlier in the episode right so like communist countries always represented monolithically you know these totally big fucking yeah. like uh gray race everybody's the same and mm-hmm. this harsh like uncaring and cold like bu- bureaucratic like authoritarian type environment like 1984 or whatever yeah uh but the nazis always represented with such like nuance and like you know, almost kind of like a little bit of sympathy to like to the fact that like, yeah, because you almost have to like respect their ingenuity or like their intelligence or like how they had all these cool tanks and like jets and shit. But like these motherfuckers were using it to like kill like half the fucking world. Like there's nothing to celebrate there. Yeah. And, no. Like they weren't very good at what they did. Like either. Like the, the economy was like. Yeah, it was a blunt instrument, and the economy, their economy was totally based off, like, yes. you know, pillage and blunder. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they, they, like, not sustainable. And they stretched them, yeah, un- totally unsustainable. No. <laughs> At, yeah. Like, totally unsustainable. And, like, people think that it was, like, this, like, real fucking, like, you know, alternative world system that almost dominated and shit like that. And that's just, like, not the case. Totally. So I'm curious. I always get curious as to why the United States chooses to consistently sort of, like, represent the Nazis. Like that, like mystifying them almost. I think they're they're gone. This is where it links up with even like true crime. The same way that like you'll hear Ted Bundy be idolized as some sort of like crafty, real smart. It's, It's the same thing. And I think it's because we, if, if they're not geniuses, then we just let them do that. Or we just, yeah. we, like, we, it absolves us of the guilt of being either part of a society or even bigger, part of a species that well, makes these the monsters, you know? We, we, we sort of did just let them do that for a while. Like, yeah, that there too. There are plenty of private industry in America was Absolutely. like doing business with Hitler. The Holocaust wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for the computers that like IBM sold. Them, totally, you know I mean? yeah. Like that shit is so fucking it's real. literal absolution of guilt. Trying yeah. to just and like... then yeah, yeah, and then another thing, right? That I think a lot of people also don't realize, and this might explain our sort of like. Um, softer hand with like how our history our narrative of history like remembers the nazis Mm -hmm. is that after the end of world war ii right uh the nazis just like and all the people that were fascists in 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 germany they didn't just disappear no you know what i mean operation paperclip yes yeah Yeah, they brought them over we brought them over and then they didn't just go to the united states either they went to a whole bunch of countries in latin america like klaus barbie was one of the fucking like ss captains of in france who was like known as the butcher of leon like he did some fucking horrible shit and before he got caught and like brought to justice by the israelis like years later he was a head of the fucking intelligence service of the country of bolivia like mm-hmm. this, these are the kind of like high ranking yep. positions that ex Nazis just like infiltrated throughout the Cold War to the point where the Americans just like America just kind of absorbed totally the remnants An- of Nazism. Another reason to treat them as a boogeyman of the past. 
Yes. Not and, com- and we don't do that with communists because they're still around. They're still an right. enemy we can utilize to, yeah. you so know. They all, so, so that, yeah, so like that, that because we kind of absorb them and then we also want like put, like you said, push that idea that they're gone, right? Yep. But because they're like part of us, they're part of our national psyche. <laughs> yeah, they're like part they, of the space program. They're part we of have, that. yeah, exactly. We have, we have to represent them in like a sort of like more nuanced light because like if people learn that truth, like you have to have some sort of like, um, like well uh... built-in rhetorical space to defend them, right? Yeah. So, well, they were actually like really efficient scientists if you think about it, or like they really did a lot of you know, stuff for the arts. Like the genocide was horrible. Like even here, <laughs> like people say that shit now. Yeah. Like uh, what's that lady's name? Um, Candace Owens. She's oh like yeah. The, she's yeah. like the black woman who's like a Republican like uh, mm-hmm. commentator or grifter or whatever. She, uh, she had like a take, I don't know how long ago it was, but she was basically saying like Hitler did nothing wrong until he expanded outside of Germany. And it's like, well, you know, he was killing German Jews. He was like putting <laughs> Germans into slave labor to build the Autobahn. So like, you know, that's an interesting that's take. That's just, you know, that's just your country, you know. you go Yeah. Freedom so to... Like, soft sell on nazis like it's like every fucking time i see a don't tread on me uh flag it's like don't tread on me while uh, that asterisk should be while i tread on others you know like it's like this like oh freedom for you know well for me like people on the winning side always get to say like no it's cool it was cool yeah yeah so so that that, that's why i think why the nazis get represented in movies like that totally and again uh, why i like movies is there are so many takes you can yes. have, you know, what, what Spielberg yeah. meant for this film versus how it's received by Americans versus how the fans treat it. Yeah. But at the same time, it is different than Star Wars, which yes. I would say actually just like regurgitates like the propaganda of the Nazi regime, at least in Indiana Jones, we get to laugh yeah. at their death. Like they're fucking yeah. buffoons. Their faces melt. We cheer. He runs them over yep. with the Jeep. It's like, it's funny. They're Punch, dumb and they're that, <laughs> ugly. Punches that know? dude into the propeller. Blade. Yeah, it's yeah. like, at I, least I like there's that. this fanfare of like, you yeah, fuck them up, fuck them up. Whereas like yeah. the, uh, with Star Wars, at least with the imagery, because I did, here that like it actually was an allegory and this ties into what we're saying about america star wars is actually an allegory for vietnam like we're the empire we're the empire we're the ones that keep trying to fight these gorillas and they somehow fucking keep slipping through their fingers but nevertheless yeah i've heard that the fascist imagery is you know uh oh yeah undeniable but I mean the the columns, like the symmetry of it. I mean, even in these like these new um, sequels, like they Def- brought back the red banners and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Like really, and really, they're treated really like kind of badasses, you know. Like who, yeah. we we pick now. Like I mean, I even even guilty of it just because like you know I'm a at least an armchair Satanist, and that I'm like, well, you know, everybody wants gets the Rebel Alliance tattooed on them, but you know, fucking Darth Vader's cool. You know, like, I mean, the yeah, I mean, for sure, the, the appeal to power is an inherently sort of like fascist instinct. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, so that's definitely something to it. I mean, I think the last. Oh, now you got Wars, me like I'm having an identity crisis. I'm like, oh no. Yeah, I mean, check yourself on that, Luke. <laughs> but, but didn't the last like Star it's Wars the shiny helmet? Game, I promise. It's just, oh wait, that's just like saying it's the uniforms. Shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, fun fact about the Nazi uniforms: Hugo Boss designed them. Exactly. They're they fucking had like oh my god like a whole fucking yeah. yeah. But no, definitely 
it's cool to be empire like you can say that and it's like <laughs> yeah. you know it's like an acceptable stance to take yeah. like, i think the last battlefront video game was from like the the perspective of a character that was fighting to restore the empire um yeah. i might be wrong on that i didn't play it through but like but still, that, i think that was how weird. it went yeah and i mean like a lot of people really like darth vader a lot of people really like palpatine like a lot of people just like straight up like i want to be the sith like it's like a choice that's okay to make yeah um and like so like star wars definitely through fantasy probably uh is probably like a gateway to like even people actually like studying fascism in a real way like yeah they're empire people you know because like i said even if you <coughs> take the vietnam allegory it's like okay mm -hmm. then well then you know if you're siding with the empire like yeah crush the rebels you know like I mean, exert you your me. law and order over these yeah. you know yeah, yeah, I think in the Law and Order appeal, I think is also taken a new. Um, oh sort yeah, of like life it's, under this. Under it gets Trump confused with the Maga rule of law, yeah. which yeah. like are not the same thing. Like the rule yeah. of law is almost like a philosophical sort of like you know laws keep us. I mean, I I'm not I haven't read into it in a while, but I at least know yeah. they're different. You know, Law and Order yeah, is I mean, just one, a double one is speak about the for, pursuit of justice and the other is about the pursuit of punishment yes like, two, exactly two different, two different impulses but yeah i would just uh i mean in summation for me i would uh definitely say star wars is a little more propaganda than uh, i mean it definitely has one of the most like important qualities uh for propaganda which is like room for the subjective projection Mm, like mm -hmm. to be able to insert yourself into it totally because uh, you're not and, like, indiana jones yeah, yeah, or or because we do have like a uh, historical knowledge of like Holocaust and shit that might actually keep people from like completely sympathizing with Nazis when they see them in movies. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, yep. because of that. But because we have no like real world knowledge of like you know the atrocities that the Empire <laughs> yeah, committed, yeah, and there because they're happening against like well, non-humanoid like aliens and stuff like that, we're yeah, a little just, less sympathetic. If they showed Endor pre like yeah. fucking death star cannon then yeah. maybe it'd be a little more like yeah they just show you like oh little little planet go little yeah, planet go I, poof <laughs> i remember the scene when anakin kills all the younglings in the <laughs> jedi temple <laughs> and like they cut, he like turns the fucking lightsaber on and then they cut away maybe if they showed it like people would be a little bit more like bought on the idea that him turning into darth vader was a bad thing and that darth yeah. vader isn't cool he killed younglings yeah, even the even well, the young ladies. Maybe it was like in there. They at least made him do that no scene. The no, that it's hard kind to of, say. Yeah, that Frankenstein no. That's pretty yeah, fucking dumb. That definitely so made me not want to be the movies, Empire. <laughs> so much about those movies became about selling toys. Oh, like totally. Dark Vader's, and that's Dark a whole different cool conversation toy. about just yeah, like yeah. I mean, yeah, consumerism. Yeah, sure. yeah, but like that's. I think that's maybe. Maybe what if that's, that's how fascism like comes back is like they make toys about it, like corporate fascism. <laughs> totally, yeah, totally. Well, thanks for being on the show. Oh yeah, no problem. It's fun. This was fun. Uh, we got anything you want to promote or recommend or anything uh, along those lines? People yeah, place yeah. them um, to find you. The fakers, yeah. So like uh, there's the the Instagrams for the art that I don't really make so much anymore, which is at Brian Ganella is boring. Great sell, um, great sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you know I don't like to I don't like to hype myself up too much. No, um, for hot takes and like general things about communism, you can follow me on Twitter. Follow at, him on Twitter. He's 
very good. I very oh, good thanks, hot man. takes. Yeah, and I very... got posts. Yeah, uh, that's Twitter's uh, an comrade art. Chad. <laughs> yeah, comrade uh, Chad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, comrade Chad. Um, and then like other things, I don't know. Just pay attention to Civil Saturdays. Like pay attention to the actions going on in Pittsburgh if you live in Pittsburgh, and like you know that shit's still happening. So like don't forget about definitely. it. Definitely, definitely got to plug that. Um, and then yeah, oh yeah, I got a podcast where we talk more about this like radical ass shit called Everyone Sucks Here, which you can also listen to and all that. Kind where can of they find that? You. Uh, you can find that on Spotify and like SoundCloud and all the other places podcasts appear. I Hell think. yeah. Yep. Uh, well, you can find us on fake wait on Facebook and Instagram at fake ritual and on Twitter at fake ritual blog and rate and review on iTunes and all that shit. Even if they're oh, yeah. bad reviews, as long as they're funny or weird or extreme, I don't know. Uh, and, uh, you know, just keep an eye out for these fucking movies and, you know, think twice before yeah. you, uh, you know, buy that red lightsaber. Sure. Oh, and Google uh, Michael Parenti yellow tape. Just do it. Watch it. It's worth it. I'll do that as well. Michael Parenti yeah. yellow tape. All right, yeah. fakers, signing off. See you Peace. later.